Welcome to this week's podcast from Terelgan City Church. We hope this message transforms and equips you to reach out. For more information about what's happening at TCC, head to terelgancitychurch.com or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to Church Online this morning. I'm so excited to be sharing with you. You know, what a powerful song. What would you do if he walked into the room? What would you say if he walked into the room? You know, right now I can sense the presence of God in the room. So why don't we pray this morning before we get into the word. Lord, we just ask that you would come and you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit. That God, as we have worshipped and and praised your name this morning, that you would continue a good work in us, God. That, Lord, we would open our hearts to you and say, God, speak to me today. Let my life be changed by your word today. God, let me just experience your presence and your realness in such a way today that it changes my life forever. God, I thank you for what you want to do today. And I pray, God, Speak to us through your word. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as a church and a movement, we have started into our second day of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, you know, I'm believing that God's going to do an incredible, amazing breakthrough through this time. And so I want to encourage you, you know, why don't you join with us as we, as we pray and as we fast, fast if you can. You know, for me, I've never fasted before. And so over these next 21 days, I'm going to start with one day of fasting. Then the following week, I'm going to do two days. And the third week, I'm going to try three days. And so I'm going to just believing that as I do that, you know, that God's going to help me. But I encourage you to to join with us with whatever you can do, whatever's right for you. Um, Join with us as we pray and as we fast and as we believe God to do more than we ask or imagine, that He would do more and that we would see incredible breakthrough in this time. Amen. You know, if you haven't worked it out already, I'm speaking about prayer. And, you know, there's so many things that attach itself to the word prayer. You know, as I think of the word prayer, I think of the emoticon, the praying hands. And so if you're on the chat this morning, why don't you drop some praying hands into there to let me know that you're there and you're listening. Um, That would be awesome. But... I'm talking about prayer today. As we and over the month of August, we're going to be talking about prayer and the power of prayer. And there are so many many things about prayer that are amazing. But what is prayer? So what is it? So prayer. So prayer is. Hang on. Let me start again. So prayer is. Now that doesn't sound right either. Prayer is, excuse me, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time keeping a proper image of prayer in my mind. Do you know the picture I get when I think of prayer? And I've had this since I was a kid. The scene is a little Spanish mission in the desert. Standing in front of it is a monk wearing a coarse brown robe girded with a length of rope 
His hands are clasped prayerfully in front of him and he appears to be meek and fragile and unworldly and unsophisticated and undernourished, probably from fasting. He stands there gazing up at the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Their steeds straining as the reins with flared nostrils snorting and legs dancing amid exploding clouds of dust. And the Lone Ranger and Tonto, pure in heart and unafraid, have drawn their guns and their faces are fixed with grim determination. The, monk's faces, the monk says something about going with them. You are a brave man, Father, the masked man says. But it may be dangerous. You had better stay here where it's safe. But I want to help, the monk says. The strong yet kind eyes of the masked man fasten on the man of God. And he says, you can pray. Suddenly the great white horse rears up on its hind legs and with a wave of his hat and a hearty, hi-ho, silver away. The Lone Ranger and his faithful companion gallop off to the danger that awaits them. And the camera of my imagination doesn't follow the priest into the mission to watch him pray. But it chases after the Lone Ranger and Tonto. That's where the action is. And obviously they weren't my words this morning. They were the words of Ronald Dunn. And in the first, from the first few pages of his book, don't just stand there, pray something. And it's a great book, you know, as we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'd encourage you to read that book. But how true is that description? So often... Prayer is seen as the weak alternative to practical action. The means for not doing much at all. You know, the token thing that we can do. You know, the token thing to say, hey, you know, I'll pray for you when we don't know what else to say. It can become a religious activity. The thing you must do for a certain time and for a certain length. But I love what Ronald Dunn says in his book that he has discovered that prayer, that prayer is not a religious exercise. It is a human necessity. He goes on to say that in one way or another, we humans have always prayed, whether we called it that or not. We've always prayed in one way or another. We have devoured by the need of something outside ourselves, something Beyond our reach, something spiritual and supernatural, a place to run to, to feel however slightly that there is something out there to cry to. You know, I can remember at the age of 14, crying out to God. I cried out to him and said, if you're real, God, show me. You know, this was at a time that I doubted everything in my life. I grew up in a, in a Christian home and with Christian parents and I knew about God, but I hadn't experienced God for myself. And so I doubted everything. I began say, saying things like, you know, God's not real. And I remember at a youth conference, I pretty much said, God, if you don't show up, that's it. I'm done. If you don't show me that you're real, that's it. I'm done. Unless you can show me that you're there, God. I'm done. And on that day, he showed up big time in my life. 
I sensed the presence of God like I have never experienced in my life. I encountered God. And I knew from that day on that God was real. You see, there was a human need within me that needed to know, is this God that, I've, that I'd heard about my whole life, is He real? Is He really there? Is there really something bigger than myself that is all-powerful and almighty? And I'd never seen it this way before, but those words that I said that day when I was 14 was a prayer of desperation, was a prayer crying out. We put all this emphasis on the word prayer. And it has to be said a certain way. You have to put certain words into it to make it sound right. You know, I have grown up in the church and I've heard some really holy prayers I've heard some really long prayers, prayers that I wasn't sure if they were ever going to end. I've heard all sorts of prayers. But it's not so much about the words that we say. You know, that day um, when I was 14 and I, I was giving God ultimatums, I was telling Him, if you don't show up, then I'm done, God. That didn't sound very holy. Did I even know who I was talking to? We get so hung up on saying the right thing that we don't say anything at all. Prayer is a conversation. Prayer is a relationship. Prayer is a connection. And nothing is off limits. You know, he just wants us to start talking. And yeah, we need to take pauses to listen But he just wants us to start talking. Start talking to him. That's prayer. Be open, be raw, be honest. Be humble in your prayer. Nothing's off limits. You can say whatever you you would like. It's not about the words that you pray, but it's about your heart. And we can see that in a parable that Jesus taught in Luke 18 verse 9. Jesus taught this parable to those who were convinced that they were morally upright. Those who trusted their own virtue yet looked down on others with disgust. And Jesus shares this parable and he says this. Once there were two men who went into the temple to pray. One was a proud religious leader, the other a despised tax collector. The religious leader stood apart from the others and prayed. How I thank you, O God. That I am not wicked like everyone else. They're cheaters and swindlers and crooks. Hey, like that tax collector over there. God, you know that I never cheat or commit adultery. I fast from food twice a week and I even give you a tenth of all I make. Then the tax collector who stood off alone in the corner, away from the holy place, He covered his face in his hands. Feeling that he was so unworthy to even look up to God. Beating his chest, he sobbed with brokenness and tears saying, God, please in your mercy and because of your blood sacrifice, forgive me. For I'm nothing but the most miserable of all sinners. 
Which one of them left for home that day made right with God? It was the humble tax collector and not the religious leader. For everyone who praises himself will one day be humiliated before all. And everyone who humbles himself will one day be lifted up and honoured before all. Can you hear the honesty and the rawness in the tax collector's words? He had positioned his heart in a place of, of surrender. Whilst the religious leader was thinking of the right words to say to sound amazing and, and awesome and so holy and so worthy. You know, I'm not like those other people, God. The religious leader's prayer was superficial and shallow. Whilst the tax collector's prayer was heartfelt and honest. The religious leader spoke his prayer from a place of, of pride. Whilst the tax collector spoke his prayer from a place of humility. And which prayer did God accept? Which person was made right with God? The tax collector. His prayer was open, raw, honest and humble. And you know, there's a scripture in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 that says, If my people will humble themselves and pray. If my people will humble themselves and pray. There's something about humbling yourself before God. Laying it all before him. Surrendering it all before him. You see, prayer is not about your words. Prayer is about your heart. Prayer is not a religious exercise that if I do 20 prayer squats and 15 prayer push-ups and 10 prayer star star jumps, I was going to say stair jumps, then that equates to the perfect prayer. No, prayer is a human necessity. It's a human need that no one should go without. And, and it's something that God longs to have with you. He longs to have with us. And it comes with great power. I love this scripture in James 5 verse 16 from the Passion Translation. And it says this, For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. There it is again, that word, heart. Heartfelt prayer. When our prayers are passionate and heartfelt, tremendous power is released. You know, when we get a hold of this, when we get a hold of what prayer really is, when we let go of that, that stale thinking around prayer and we get a hold of the power that is in prayer and we get a heartfelt passion towards it. We no longer need to run off with, with the Lone Ranger and Tonto, but we want to say, hey, you know, Lone Ranger, you go. I'm going to pray. I've got your back in prayer. I know that my prayers are going to change people's lives. I know that my prayers are going to change generations. If only I will pray, then I know that impact and influence will happen because of my prayer. If I pray, people will be reached. And generations will be influenced. Prayer is powerful. Have you ever got a present only to open it to realise the batteries aren't included? 
That present is rendered powerless until you put the batteries in. And if it's on Christmas Day, then you have to wait for a few days to get some batteries so you can play with that toy. But that present is rendered powerless until you put the batteries in. And this can be the same in the life of the non-praying person. They can be rendered powerless. Prayer is the batteries. Prayer is the power behind everything that we do. And God wants us to pray. Heartfelt, believing prayers that will change and shift things. I had a realisation when I was putting this together that when I encountered God when I was 14, when he annihilated every doubt that I had about him, that that was an answer to my parents' prayer. I know that they would have been praying for me, for me to experience and encounter God for myself, to not live off their faith that I would follow him all the days of my life and that I would encounter him in such a real way that it would change my life. How do I know that they prayed that prayer? I know because it's the prayer that John and myself pray over our boys. You know, I had a conversation with Samuel and Charlie recently as I was putting them to bed. And I said to them, boys, Do you love God? Do you love Jesus because mum and dad do? Or because you know God for yourself and you've encountered him for yourself? And they answered with big smiles and they said, we love Jesus because you do, mum. And as we kept chatting, I asked them, I, I said, have you ever felt God's presence in your life? Sam quickly replied and said, yeah, mum. I remember I was sleeping and I felt someone hugging me. And I woke up and I was like, there's no one there. What? And then I knew that God was hugging me, mum. And it was so cool. And then Charlie says, mum. I said, yes, Charlie. He said, do you know what God's presence is? I said, what is it, Charlie? He said, God's presence is love. I know that, mum. You know, there's often thoughts that pop into my mind that maybe the prayer I'm praying over my boys is pointless. You know, I can't see much happening. I can't see um, things developing. And I know they're only young and I'm very impatient. But that one conversation with the boys showed me that God is always working and moving even when I can't see it. He's moving in their lives. And recently I've taken to a new motto that I heard, that I've heard recently. Instead of doubting God, I'm going to doubt my doubts. And I want to encourage you today. Instead of doubting God, doubt your doubts. Know that God is moving. Know that He is faithful. Know that He will answer your prayer. Pray prayers that are so big and so impossible with a belief and a heartfelt passion that you know without a doubt that God is going to answer that thing that you're praying for. And when that doubt comes, this is, oh, I don't know about that. Doubt it. Say, I doubt that doubt. I believe in the Lord God Almighty 
He's going to answer my prayer and do amazing things. He's going to do incredible, amazing things. I believe it. I know it. I know God is moving. Prayer is powerful. It has the power to impact generations for many years to come. I'm seeing that in the generations of my family. But I want to see that in the generations to come, in the generations that I can't see. And so I want to pray into that so that long after I'm gone, my prayer is still being answered. And I want to encourage you to do the same. You know, if prayer is a daunting word, if prayer, the word prayer overwhelms you, change it up and have a chat with God. Have a conversation with Him. Call it a God chat. Call it whatever you want. Just start talking to Him. And if you don't know this God that we're talking about today, that we're talking about praying to, that we're talking about chatting to, I want to encourage you today. Start the conversation. And you can start it by saying, God, if you're real, show me. And just like I was at 14, God showed up for me. And I know that he will show up for you if you ask him that today. You know, prayer means I never have to say there's nothing I can do because there's something great I can do. There's something life-changing that I can do and that is pray. Ronald Dunn, and I know I'm referring to him a lot today, but in his book he says this, prayer is like a missile that can be fired towards any spot on earth travel undetected at the speed of thought and hit its target every time. Every time. Prayer is powerful. And get this. Did you know that when Jesus walked this earth in flesh all those years ago, Jesus took a moment and he stopped all he was doing here on earth And he prayed for you. And he prayed for me. And we can see that in his prayer in John 17. John 17 verse 20. Jesus says these words to the Father. And I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all of those who will one day believe in me through their message. That's you and that's me. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world would recognise that you sent me. And Jesus finishes his prayer in verse 26 with this. I have revealed to them who you are and I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. Your love will now live in them, even as I live in them. Wow, how amazing is that? That prayer that Jesus prayed all those years ago, it included you and it included me. His prayer spans centuries and embraces all who believe, all who have believed and all who ever will believe. And every time someone turns to Christ, the prayer of Jesus is answered again, over 2,000 years old and it's still being answered. 
The implications of that are staggering. It's amazing. What are you praying? Who are you praying for? What are you believing God will do? And I want to finish with a, another story as I come to a bit of a close. Another story from the book, Don't Just Stand There, Pray Something by Ronald Dunn. And Ronald says this, After 40 weeks of preaching on intercessory prayer, we, have si- we had signed up 200 excited intercessors and our beautiful prayer chapel was at last ready. The phone rang and it was one of our mothers, a terrified mother, calling from the hospital who had just brought her two-year-old son, uh, had just taken her two-year-old son there. Somehow the little boy had got a hold of a can of automotive engine cleaner, worked the cap off and drank some of the toxic liquid. He was screaming and convulsing when they rushed him into the emergency room. The doctor offered no hope. The boy would not survive. He had ingested enough of the poison to kill an adult. If by some small chance he did live, he probably would be blind. So began our ministry of intercessory prayer. Confession time, he says. I hate to admit it, but among my immediate thoughts was this sorry one. I'm going to give this request to our intercessors and they're going to pray for this child's recovery, really believing that he's going to be all right and he'll die. That's what the doctor said. And he ought to know. And then they'll be discouraged. For 14 straight weeks, I preached to these people about the incredible prayer of intercession. And they had believed every word of it. They were hyped up, raring to go, chomping out the bit, ready to charge hell with nothing but a prayer. And I had hoped that we would start out with something easy and work our way up to the hard stuff. I just knew this was going to be a big letdown. The request was given to the intercessors and they came and they prayed. For 24 hours, these rookies entered the chapel to exercise their priesthood, to besiege the throne of God, to lay down their lives for a brother. 24 hours after the first phone call, the phone shattered the hush of the chapel once more. It was a mother calling again from the hospital. She was crying and laughing and praising God. The doctor didn't understand it, but her baby was going to recover and there was no damage to his eyes or any, of his vi- or any vital organs. Wasn't it wonderful? It had to be a miracle. And he goes on to say, and so it was, I had thought best to launch our intercessory ministry with the possible and work up to the impossible. God started with the impossible and demonstrated from the very beginning the awesome power of prayer. Prayer is about your heart, not about your words. And it's limitless. And you can pray anything. And it can seem impossible, but it's not impossible for God. Prayer is powerful. And God can do his greatest works through our prayers. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 14, sorry, John 14 verse 12, Greater things you will do than I have done, because I am going to the Father. And when Jesus had left the disciples, what was the first thing that Acts 1 said they did? They prayed. 
It says they were united in prayer and gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. And what was the result of their prayers? 3,000 believed in Jesus. And then they prayed again. And Scripture says that people became believers daily. Revival broke out from their prayers. Jesus said greater things that we will do than He did. We can see that in Acts, but He wants to see that in our lives today. J.C. Ryle says, says this, On the day of Pentecost alone, on the day of Pentecost alone, more believers were added to the little band of believers than throughout Christ's entire earthly life. Think about that for a moment. God wants to do greater works through our prayers. And Jesus said, greater things you will do than I have done. Position your heart. God can do his greatest works through our prayers. You know, as I was putting this sermon together, God spoke to me so clearly that I needed to start praying some big, crazy, impossible, out there prayers. And I needed to doubt my doubts. He was encouraging me not to pray the safe things anymore. Not to pray the easy things. But to pray the impossible things. And I want to encourage you today. Believe God. Believe God for the impossible. Begin to pray for the impossible. Begin to pray for the generations. Begin to pray for God to do incredible work and greater works through you. Begin to pray for God to bring a revival. Begin to pray. Begin to talk to Him. Begin to chat to Him. Begin to petition him and persevere in him and pray that he will do something incredible. And I'm believing across these 21 days that God's going to bring incredible breakthrough and that we're going to see incredible things happen as we join together and as we pray and as we realise that it's not about our words, it's about our heart. And if we position our place, our, our hearts in a place where it's heartfelt and passionate, that God will do an amazing work. And if we believe in the power that is in prayer, we won't stop at one or two small things. But we'll begin to ask him for the bigger things. And I'll pray for you, and I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that wherever you are, wherever you are in your house or wherever you're watching this right now, whether you know God or you don't know God, that you would experience God, if you don't know God, that you would experience him in such a real way. But if you just position your heart and say, God, if you're real, show me. I believe 
and he's going to show up in your life in an incredible way. And I believe that as we pray that God's wanting to encourage and empower us to pray again, to believe again, to pray for those incredible, crazy, impossible things, believing God to do what only God can do. He's the one that can do it. You know, as, I, as I'm standing here right now, I'm sensing that there's people that are watching on today that are struggling with anxiety and depression. And I'll pray for you right now that as where you are, where you sit, that God will come and heal your heart and heal your mind and that God right now where you sit would replace the anxiety with His incredible peace. And right now where there is sadness and where there's depression, that God would come and replace that with an incredible joy. Right now I pray in the name of Jesus that you would be restored and whole in the name of Jesus. You know, I believe that there's people that are watching on today that don't know him. And I want to pray for you that as you sit there that you would encounter God. Can I pray for you? God, I pray for that person that's watching on today, that's wondering about you, that maybe is even doubting about you, that God, you would show them how much you love them and that you would show them that you are real. I pray right, God, right now, God, that they would sense your incredible presence in the room and they would know that it is, that it is you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray for this time we've been able to gather around your word and be encouraged to pray, be encouraged to come before you. Lord, I pray that something will break out across these 21 days as we come to you, that Lord, you would shift some things, that God, we would see a revival break out, that Lord, we would see people coming to you, that Lord, you would start new ministries, Lord, that you would do incredible, incredible works, that Lord, you would do greater works through us than Jesus did. It says that in your word. And Lord, we would realise that through our prayers, change can happen, that through our prayers, impact can happen. And not just for here and now, Lord, but for generations to come. So Lord, I pray, move by the power of your Holy Spirit and let us become a praying army that sees you move with incredible force across our community, across our families, across our friends. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, as I mentioned, we're going to be, over the month of August, been talking about prayer. So be encouraged. Start praying. Start that conversation. You know, if, if you're wanting to know this Jesus that we're talking about, there's a moment coming up on the screen. And in that moment, it, 
it says, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. You can press that. But also we want to encourage you to press um, prayer as well so that we can connect with you and help you along on that journey. You know, God is so good and he loves you so much. Let's just be so excited about what God's going to do in this time. Love you, church. Bless you. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. For more information about TCC, check out TerrellganCityChurch.com.